0: Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it?
1: This is blasphemy.
0: This is madness. This is a booth. Tearing down, looking at the bloodstained concrete. You're the dead MC, flying at my feet. It took a 9mm rhyme straight to your mind. Damn, my better split. This is my time, so I make my way up the block. Get to home base and lock that uh. up. Crack the colossi and grab the phone. Call one of my troops up. Hope the soldier's when he says, Yo, hey, what's up, what's going on? Make it quick, cause I'm trying to get my stellar on. Go. up. Yeah, girl, I'm in the These lyrical assassins tried to pull a hit, and then boom, came a noise from the other room. It was the boys in blue with the SWAT crew. They got us locked up for lyrical murder. It's one of them charges that you never heard of. It's the booth. The booth. The booth. The booth. booth. Yeah, it's the the booth. The booth. The booth. Yeah, we're killing all your podcasts like the HIV virus. You want to battle this kid? Come don't even try this. Back the... something uh. think again, count to ten. You want to grab that mic just to get done in? it's the booth. the booth. The booth. The booth. The booth. Yeah, it's the booth. The booth. The booth. The booth. The booth. The booth. Yeah, it's
2: the booth. What's he,
1: African. 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 No. He was American, and he was like you. He looked just like you. He was Jewish. Just like
0: Okay, Jew. It's an odd crime for a Jew to come Yeah, pretty docile. Okay, so we have an African Jew wearing a hoodie.
1: No, you don't. No. No, That's not what I said. Is that what you heard me say? I said he looked like you. Do you look like an African Jew?
0: No, I look like a cock. Yeah. (sighs) He was Caucasian. All right, boys, this is the one broadcasting live from the City of Champions. You are listening to The Booth. It is November 28th. We have run the gauntlet of two holidays before the end of the year. And you know what's so funny is that back in the day when you were younger, you had Halloween, and then it seemed like it took forever for Thanksgiving to get here. And then it always seemed like to take forever for Christmas to get here. But now as an adult, it seems like From Halloween to Thanksgiving to Christmas is like a blink of an eye, and you just never have any time to do anything or get anything accomplished. From from Halloween to Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving to Christmas, it's like we had Thanksgiving last week. We're already almost a week away from Thanksgiving, and here we are just, you know, three weeks away, you know, four weeks away out from Christmas, and I I just, I don't know, guys, you shocked? Ken Diesel,
2: R-squared? Yeah, I mean it's the old thing. The older you get, the faster time goes by. When you're younger, time is like incredibly extended period of time because you count your age and like I'm I'm six and a half. I'm I'm seven and three quarters, stuff like that. When was the last time an adult said, "Yeah, I'm twenty and a half"? Mm. So yeah, I think it's perception versus reality. No, I agree with you. It was like forever.
1: Well, you know it's. Uh... You know, when you're a kid, it's all about you have to go back to school and you have to go to school for another month or so and you're waiting for the next holiday and whatever comes with it. So it seems like forever. As an adult, what you're watching is, the you know, all the lights have gone up, the trees are up, the music is on, the sales have started. It's like there's no break in between. So we're noticing a lot more.
0: Yeah, and they, don't, they don't waste any time. I know noticed... this. Back about two weeks ago, they were already putting Christmas stuff out at Home Depot yep. and Dollar yep. Tree stuff. And I'm like, wow, do we, we just skip right over Thanksgiving? And I and the lady at the store is telling me, she goes, "You have no idea." She says Halloween has become one of the biggest holidays in America. Um, she says that you know Halloween stuff comes out so early now because people kind of celebrate Halloween for that entire month of October that it's kind of pushed Thanksgiving on the back burner for holidays. So it seems like a, a Halloween has jumped over Thanksgiving. And then we go right into Christmas because Thanksgiving is this crazy one day where you spend hours. In, and it's funny, like my wife, she spent her and the mother spent hours in front of the stove, cooking all this food for all of us people. And we ate within 15, 20 minutes. And that was it. It's amazing. the, the Like the prep and all the time that goes into cooking and you know, and then everything's done grace eat. And you're, and you're, the trick the fan kicks in and you're out like a
1: light. Yeah, that's the downside of it. You know, I used to love these Thanksgivings where we sat around the table for quite a while, uh, and that was the that was some of the most fun about it. And now it seems like you're right. Everybody eats in 15 minutes and runs back to whatever else they were doing. It's not the same.
0: Yep, Ken. What did you do? How was your Thanksgiving? Well, my Thanksgiving
2: right. was great. Um, you know, I luckily had two Thanksgivings. My brother works for ESPN, so he never he has to work on Thanksgiving Day.
0: Oh, yeah, that's a busy day. Three three games on Thanksgiving Sunday. Oh, yeah, Sunday. and all the
2: college games and everything else. So I usually spend it with a friend of mine who I've known since <laughs> middle school with her family on Thursday. Then I go to my brother's on Friday.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So I had two Thanksgivings, which is fun. But I did notice something interesting, and I, I don't know if this is true of our square But as the years go by, the Thanksgivings are getting smaller. The amount of the people that attend – I was growing up. My family usually hosts like 30 or 40 people for Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Now it's barely half a dozen. I don't know if that's true with you guys or just me.
1: No, we still have the big
2: Thanksgiving.
0: Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did, too. We had the big Thanksgiving. I had to actually head over to the nursing home, and, you know, I picked my mom up for the day so she was able to enjoy Thanksgiving with us. But my mom was the same thing. I mean, you know, you have to get permission to get her to be able to leave the nursing home home then you have to set up you know transport which i did on my own because i've you know because i've gone through pt i can actually pick my mom up and drop her off but still that's you know that's work in itself to get my mom in the vehicle get her into a wheelchair and out you know it takes me longer to get her in and out of the wheelchair and back to the nursing home than it did for her to eat her entire meal and she and my mom did she ate a lot um we had a funny moment with my mom um we gave her a garlic farms holiday eggnog and my mom swore up and down that there was alcohol in the eggnog. We all had a real big laugh out of that because we we're like, no, mom, we bought it at Shaw's. And it's like, well, <laughs> there's alcohol in it. And she's arguing with us that there's alcohol in the store bought. I'm like, no, mom. I'm like, if there is, then we all need to get blood alcohol tested. And then there's a lawsuit on our hands. We'll just, just give it to all the kids here. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, you know, these days with food sabotage, you never know. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. I mean,. I would not put it past, you know, someone who was working for the company supplying them with eggnog, you know, to as a holiday joke, hey, we're going to spike some eggnog, you know.
0: Yep. So, hey, we were on last week. We actually had a, had a an issue last week where I actually was stuck working overtime. Um, you know, it, it stinks because, you know, a lot of people were pointing fingers and things like this. And I'm just going to real quick. I, everybody knows I also work in the business of transportation. I worked for the MBTA for 23 years, uh, public transportation. And I also work now up at Logan airport for Paul Revere. Um, And there was an issue between the drivers management and um, the drivers are represented by the teamsters union. So what it is, is they had a sick out the night before the the Tuesday night before Thanksgiving. Um, And what they did was, is all those drivers called out sick. And what happens is, is that, Paul Revere has the contract for all the shuttle buses at Logan Airport. Those are the blue buses you see, the 60 and 42 footers. So they had to, you know, they had to get management and all these other people down to drive, but it was all hands on deck. I got called in to work and I actually had the fuel buses because they didn't have nobody to fuel the buses. And um, you know what? We we came together. We did it. We worked. Um, There's still no contract. I don't think yet Um, the drivers were due to banging on Sunday which would have been the return day for everybody, but it didn't happen. Um, so I must say that I did get called into work. I worked a ton of hours, and now my voice—if it sounds like crap—it's probably because I ran all these. I worked all these hours, and now I'm kind of run down and trying to recoup. But uh, you know, a lot of people talk about unions and stuff, but it's strategy. And you know, Ken, you know, you're you're a defense attorney, but you know, you've been involved with some some things, and it's it's all about strategy, right? You try to force the company into a contract by. By taking those crucial days and making it the worst possible, and again, you've got Christmas coming up, and they still don't have the contract negotiated, so
2: what do you well, think? Well, all negotiations. I mean businesses do it all the time. They try to put labor in a position where it's a take and leave situation, and the same thing with labor. Labor puts it in to a take and leave a situation, and mm-hmm. that's the problem with their current uh, management labor negotiation. Everyone believes that the only way to negotiate and the only way to gain, gain leverage is to put the other guy in a bad situation. Yeah. and unfortunately, that's not going to change anytime soon. Because businesses, especially in the last twenty years, have been on a union busting uh, crusade, and they've been successful most of the time. Well, I've and, been ta- and union labor is just going, "Hey, we can't look we can't look weak at any times, because if we do, then, uh, you know, we're going to lose the next round, and that's the problem right now."
0: It's funny. I actually talked to a couple of union reps, and you know, I was kind of, I was kind of let down because I had spoke with one guy from another union and I had talked to him about, I had asked him about automation. He says, Hey, you know, you guys are talking about wages and you're worried about all this stuff. I says, aren't you guys worried about automation? He said, Oh no, that's not even in our bit of worry right now. And I'm like, really? So yeah, we're not looking at that right now. And I'm like, okay, well, Google, they've already, they're already putting driverless semi-tractor trailers on the roads and you've already got a lot of transportation companies who are now taking smaller shuttles, and they've got driverless shuttles. I'm like, you're looking at possibly maybe within the next five to ten years that maybe five to ten percent of your workforce will be automated. And you're looking at such a cost savings. So you take, for instance, like Coors. Coors has the first list semi tractor trailer delivering beers out in, out in Denver somewhere. Um, the GPS is programmed in. And the truck travels to its location, and then the truck is loaded and unloaded by those who work at the facilities. So you look at this as a cost savings. You don't have to pay a driver. You don't have to deal with union issues. You don't have to worry about DOT issues, and your insurance drops. You're talking serious profits. I mean, guys, what are your thoughts on automation and
2: the threat of – Well, I mean, it's been happening since the Industrial Revolution, and a lot of airports already have – Driverless uh, monorails and, and rail cars that go between, for example, Orlando International Airport. Uh-huh. The train that connects the main terminal and the gates is automated. You just get in and get off. Same thing with DIA. It actually has three stops, it's mm-hmm. automated. A number of airports have been doing this for years. Newark International Airport. Uh, they have, but again, these are called clo- closed systems. What's really got everyone concerned is what happens when you put this truck on a, on a public road, and it's happening. They've got okay. it. They've got it happening now in so. a very limited yeah. use. But here's the thing: what happens when these things get, when these trucks get into accidents? Well, what happens when you signal a vehicle to, to to get off the road and it doesn't do it? They've had now. I've, I've been following this
0: closely uh, for the four. Yeah. Companies out there that have automated vehicles, there have been three accidents. All three accidents have not been the fault of the automatic, the autonomous vehicle. Uh, Google had one where the driver actually died in the vehicle, and what happened was, is there was a truck that crossed the path of the car. They said it was driver's error because the driver of the autonomous vehicle ignored the warnings of the truck ahead in the road. They, I guess. Even though tr- these cars are automated, there are times that the driver is supposed to take over. The driver had fell asleep and ignored those warnings and was killed when it made contact with the truck. Right. So Google's car was not at fault. Um, it, it, it is one of these things where it, the GPS programs these vehicles. They follow a specific route. They follow the rules of the road. Um, I know there was one with, uh, I forget what company else is out there. They had one where a, a bicyclist was killed and there was cameras in the vehicle. The bicyclist was riding the wrong was was riding the wrong way and rode head on into the autonomous vehicle. Yeah, but
2: here's the problem. This is what I've always said. Mm-hmm. The autonomous vehicles are only as good as the software that's in them. Correct. Okay? And we've had multiple problems with hack software and software bugs and all this other stuff. I believe that's I believe that was the plot in the the recent the newest Fast and the
0: Furious. I think that's what the terrorists yeah had come up with was was with that. Uh, uh, R squared,
1: you had something you were going to add. Well, I was just going to say, you know, here's the problem. You know, they they get the best GPS information and software and all that, but we all know, as you're driving along the highway, all of a sudden there's uh, there's some unexpected construction, there's a problem in the road, you know, that everybody else is going around. Or these vehicles are not necessarily going to be able to. Uh, you know, to see all that, you know, if it's a major construction thing and it's plugged into the system, maybe, but something where somebody's out there just picking up trash or, uh, you know, somebody's pulled over to the side to change it. So, you know, there's all these things that I don't I don't trust that system that they're going to be able to maneuver out of the way. And if they maneuver out of the way, they're going to cut into somebody else. You know, there, there's still a lot of technology that has to be perfected here. Yeah,
0: a lot of these new autonomous vehicles, they do have the, uh, the automatic brake sensing that you see on some of these cars now, um, the automatic signaling and turning and, and, and putting your car in the spots. A lot of these autonomous cars are having their software. i got to talk to you, R-Squid, real quick about automation too because the military is also headed into that direction. Um, they're coming up with bigger drones, and they're talking about scaling down some of the air force with some of these larger drones that have fighter jet capabilities. Have you heard anything about that?
1: Yes. I mean, the specific thing that you mentioned, of course, is going to be much more the Air Force than anybody else. But, yeah, I mean, the military is not immune from all the technological advances going on over time. Uh, As expensive as these systems are, they're going to save money because you don't necessarily have to continually train and maintain people as well as the equipment. Uh, It's somewhat controversial now because – In theory, you have somebody who could be sitting thousands of miles away from the action, possibly here in the United States, you know, piloting something by, you know, basically a video game system, which is another discussion we had weeks ago. Uh, But, you know, doing that and uh, assessing targets and taking out targets in a theater that could be halfway around the world. So it's very interesting to see what the technology can do and and what type of things they're perfecting. But, yeah, they're absolutely going for it, Uh, and they're doing all kinds of testing and development to see different types of systems, you know, the the downside is everybody's talking about what you can get out of it by enhanced capability. And I think to some extent that's probably true. And it's inevitable as technology gets even better, the downside is the downside is, and you can see this in some of these futuristic science fiction plots is when war becomes less lethal and it's now about destroying people's equipment, not necessarily killing men and women in battle uh, war becomes too easy, war becomes too easy of an option because it becomes costless other than some money. Uh, and that that scares me more than the technology, quite frankly.
0: Well, what scares me too, like you see in these movies, which are sometimes fiction, but it, it it's you do have the issue with the highest bidder syndrome where That's right. where technology can be bought to the highest bidder, even though this you know even though this person's contracted by the government to sell to the government, you know, someone may come along and say, hey, you know what, the government's paying you this, but hey, we're going to pay you this behind closed doors. Ken, you talked about this a long time ago about, you know, you had some, some talks about the selling of guns behind the scenes, you know, to that oh, yeah. the, the gun running and the stuff like that, you know.
2: Right. I mean, we <laughs> talked about this a lot on this show, both before R-Squared joined us and after – about mm-hmm. the fact that a private contractor who is producing something, you know, the profit motive is he's going to sell it to the highest bidder. We know that for a fact that non-traditional, non-governmental organizations have got a hold of a high-grade weaponry. Mm-hmm. And they've not you – know, they're not playing by the same rules as the rest of us are. And any type, any type of technology is going to get out in the private sector eventually. It may not be the top-notch, but it definitely is going to get out there. We've known for years that these non-governmental political organizations have had access to Stinger anti-aircraft missiles. Mm-hmm. And a Stinger anti-aircraft missile is a very good weapon for taking down a commercial jet because you don't have to be terribly close to the airport mm-hmm. to do it. I mean, give me an example. For those of you who don't know, there's a place called Castle Island.
0: Yes, yes, that, here in Massachusetts. Yep. right.
2: That is right on the flight <clears throat> path of… Logan International Airport. Serious security
0: that people don't know about there.
2: There is no security out there.
0: I, I heard the Coast Guard monitors that location.
2: I I go through there all the time. That's how I cut through to get home. I you am t- telling you, there's more security in the court than any place else, than than there.
0: You sure it's not hidden
2: security, though? Well, if they got hidden security, I have hats off to them. Because these guys, have. first of all, it's completely flat. There are no buildings out there. If they're if they're hidden security, then they got one hell of a job, and my hat's off to them, it, goes, sir. It, well, you've well, done a great job.
0: I've got because I got a quick story about about hidden security here that, that a lot of people don't know about. I have a friend who owns a boat, and you know where Museum of Science is, where the locks are. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. Well, the, the locks are there. They were going to His boat broke down in the locks, um, and they couldn't get the boat to move someone called their boat in as being you know in the locks in a long period of time do you know when the Apache helicopter came up and ordered them to get the boat moving and when they tried to tell them it was broken down that they turned the gatling gun on the 50 cal on them and told them if they don't that boat's gonna end up at the bottom of the friggin river so there's got to be somebody monitoring these spots
2: i mean Yeah, they're monitored. But no, but hold a second. The (laughs) locks are right near the state police headquarters, South Charles. There's MBTA. There's cameras all over the place down down there. But that's a very, that's a very heavily monitored position. You can see where they're monitored from. But Castle Island, there's nothing out there. There are no cameras, no stations, no Coast Guard boats, no nothing. I'd have to find out.
0: I, I'm yeah, curious. I I think that I think Castle Island. I would say if you had, even if you had cameras on the on the gas tanks that are out there in the harbor, that can see Castle Island, I wouldn't be surprised. What about the Castle Island itself, on the on the um, the fort itself? What if they put cameras in there to monitor well, that we don't know about
1: motion sensors or something?
2: Yeah, me. But here's the thing, I've been over there a bunch of times and has never. No one's ever approached me.
0: I think if you were to walk out there with, air, with a with a with a with a with a stinger rocket, I think you'd find out real quick who's monitoring Castle. Right. That's the I, would, I wouldn't want to be that person
2: though. Yeah, I'd like to think <laughs> I that's be true. do that it, yeah. it for various reasons.
0: Because because it, it is, and, and it's been mentioned before that Castle Island is a real strategic place. If you were going to take down the plane coming in or out of Logan, that's the spot to do it. And you're right, there is nobody there. I've gone there and had food at Sully's. You know, we've had food down there all the time, and you never see no cops, nothing. You maybe see a state cop down there. You may see, um, what do they call them? Um, the environmental police are sometimes down there, but but other than that, you really don't see anybody like you say. But again. It may be there. We just don't. We just don't possibly, know. <laughs>
2: but I, I just don't think so. I mean, it's just. And let's talk about the right down by Castle Island. That's our the that's the container port facilities. There's yes. virtually no security there. There's one gate, and that's it. Yeah.
0: yeah, one way in, one way out to the container facility, right? And they've right. got cars and everything coming in there. with we, guys, we're at seven twenty. Um, we got a lot of stuff that we still want to talk about. We want to talk NFL. Um, Loving the fact the Philadelphia Eagles are having fun with this um, this 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 fact that celebrations are back in the NFL. And it looks like the Philadelphia Eagles are going to be the team that's probably going to take home the ESPY this year, because I'm pretty sure the ESPYs is going to have best celebration added to this year. Um, it looks like it's the Eagles. Maybe the Steelers may be in there. Um, but right now the Eagles are holding it down with celebrations. Um, they actually asked Rob Gronkowski yesterday at the press conference about celebrations and he kind of gave i wish i had the soundbite for it because
1: i heard that they said a lot of talk about it
0: (laughs) about it this and that and you know i love the patriots you know and it's awesome that they broke all these records this weekend it's awesome that an entire generation of patriots fans have never seen a losing season with the pats but again we have been denied some things here in new england in regards to you know the fun side of the nfl and I get it. Belichick, you know, he wants to keep a close rein on things. Um, you know, they're allowed to spike the ball. But, you know, I'm pretty sure that he doesn't want anything over the top. But I think that's – I don't know. Maybe he'll change it if they get to the – I don't know. Go ahead, Ken. I hear you in the background.
2: Well, I don't know. They've been trying to – I mean, I agree. But they snuck in a couple of things. I don't know if you saw when – I think it was Gronkowski's first catch. I think it was um, – who was Burkhead? Came over there. who was kicking the ground like he was moving leaves away. Yeah, you know, Gronk can spike the ball. Well, that was that was
0: that's why that question came up at the press conference.
2: He's, so I think they're sneaking it in a little below the radar.
0: He said it was spur of the moment. He covered his ass and he said, "Oh no, it wasn't rehearsed. That was just a spur of the moment thing." And um, I'm sure
2: he got a he got an earful from Belichick. Oh, I'm sure he did. But you know, uh, I don't miss the end zone celebrations. I mean, I'll, well, I'll do respect. Yeah. The team that did the best wasn't even an NFL team. It was the University of Miami Hurricanes. Mm-hmm. You want you want swagger. You want zone celebration. You got to look back to the 80s Hurricanes. Those what, guys.
0: They're doing Again, right now, they have this thing called the turnover chain. I don't know if you've seen that. That's the big thing that's happening with Miami right now. Have you seen it yet?
1: Yeah, but that's no, literally a chain that they wear. It's a big necklace when you get a turnover.
0: Yeah, but it's like a big deal. It's like this huge deal now. Oh shoot! We lost Rob. You still there? Yeah, I'm still here. Okay, go ahead. Talk about that real quick before Ken jumps in.
1: You, no, you... I mean I, I, it's it's big down here, of course, because we're in Kane's territory, and uh, you know, so they they cover it on the news and who's wearing the chain and What's the origin? Know, it's uh, it it started a few years ago, and it has to do with you know back when Miami was in its heyday for bad reasons, being called the Chain Gang. Now they've got the uh, the Turnover Chain, and it's just this giant oversized gold looking necklace uh, and when somebody makes uh, you know gets a big turnover an interception a fumble recovery they get to wear the the chain the turnover chain and it's a, it's like a badge of honor you know other teams they put stickers on their helmets yeah, they do other things Miami does this uh you know this they they share the chain you get to wear the chain
0: where's Miami ranked this year because I'm pretty sure that they're headed for a bowl right this year
1: well, they were number two, but they got beat by an unranked pit this uh, this oh, weekend. Geez, so they're going right. to drop. They're going yeah, to yeah, drop big time.
2: Yeah, they're going to drop big time. Ken, you wanted to chime in? No, I was just just saying that. Um, like I, I don't care about the end zone celebrations. I'm glad they've eliminated the rule against them. But look, my biggest end zone celebration is when the when the zebra puts two two arms straight over his head. That's my end zone celebration as far as I'm I
1: agree concerned. I agree. I think the only celebration that matters is when you score a damn touchdown. Right. Uh, sometimes they're a little dramatic. Sometimes you walk in untouched. But, you know, that's all that matters is putting six on the board. I, Quite frankly, I think this over-the-top celebration is demeaning. It's unprofessional. It's not what men do. Uh, you know, I don't know. I think I like having a rule against it because apparently you can't trust people to have reasonable limits if you let them go. So, you know, I, I think the whole thing is crap.
0: Well, they're walk, they are watching the celebrations. I thought the Eagles doing the uh, the bowling alley this week was was pretty funny. Ten guys lined up and then he bowled the strike. I thought that was I thought that was original. I think that's I think that's you know it's fun. Um, I, don't I say was, let's
1: get I, the game played.
0: Yeah, I see, and this is what some people say, and I didn't even know this was going to turn out into. I thought we were going to have a quick discussion and this would be rolling, but it looks like we've got a, a, somewhat of a disagreement here, and you have yeah. the feeling that some people have felt. You know, prior to this, that they felt that it was a delay of game, and this was why yeah. they. Ken, you f- so you feel the same way, Ken?
2: Uh, I I feel it to a certain extent. To I mean, I have extent. no idea, no problem with the, with the minor end zone celebrations, spiking the ball, um, or like. So you're more of a used go, go, used to go pose with the end zone militia. You know, real quick, he just go there, it's quick, it's like a quick pick, and then run away. A couple guys high fiving each other. That's fine. Uh, you know. Yeah.
1: High five is great. Spike you know, is great.
2: I don't remember a couple years ago. Nate Solder, who was a who is still is an offensive lineman uh, mm-hmm. with the Patriots. He reported as an eligible receiver. Everyone apparently missed it because oh my god, he's stuck that. in the end zone, and he was literally the only guy in the end zone for the exception of the mascot and the ref, or one of the officials. Hey, you and know what, Brady what, found him. You know, it was a five-yard <clears throat> pass. He, he got it. And everybody's looking around going, Yeah, is he an eligible receiver? And of course the entire offensive line came over and practically carried him off on their shoulders. Because when's the last time you saw an offensive lineman catch a pass for a touchdown? Well,
1: well that's, that's a little different. You know, when yeah. you get some stone hands linemen who never get an opportunity <laughs> to, to you know to get the score, that's different. That's a one time or a right. very rare celebration. I think that's great. But don't ever forget the famous Gus Ferrat headbutt into the wall. <sighs>
2: Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what I'm saying. I'm thinking that you know, if they want to keep it minor, that's great. Uh, I just don't. I you know, to me, I just don't need the drama. You're not you're not in high school anymore. You're a grown man, for God's sakes. You no know, over the top nonsense, for God's sakes. When you win the Super Bowl, then you can do all the, you know, dancing you want. Well, you know, it's funny. You know, the rule has been lifted, and to be honest,
0: to be honest, with the with the amount that I'm seeing in the league that I do like. Not many teams are really taking advantage of it, to be honest. There's only—I I, want to say—less than 50% of the teams, maybe even less than 10% of the of the 30 teams are actually participating in end zones. Well, to be honest, there's a lot of teams that really should be end zone celebrating anyway because they're horrible this year. Because right, right? exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think the Chicago Bears are doing any celebrating. Yeah.
2: I mean, Is that's right? the other thing. I think a lot of it has come down to a lot of the coaching staff and the owners are going. You're at sub five. What the hell are you celebrating? We're, we're not even 500.
0: Yeah, the Eagles are 10 and 1. I don't think, yeah. yeah, to be honest, I think it also matters. I do think it matters where you are in your standings. I think the Eagles have every right to celebrate because they're saying, hey, look, we're 10 and 1. We're going to be at the top of this food chain until you knock us off. I have always been a guy who didn't like players. Like, my biggest pet peeve is when a guy gets a sack and celebrates, but they're down by 30 something points. Right. Like, yeah. Look at. Look at the scoreboard. <laughs> You're right. down by 40, and it's just one sack. Uh, you need to put points on the board, buddy. And, and right. that, that, that's exactly. Always, that's always been my know
2: uh, The other thing you got to worry about is, you know, there's nothing more motivating to a opposing team than you taunting them. Oh, you want to you dance the end zone? Well, I'm going to, fine, F you. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, but what happened?
1: What yeah. happens is you're more likely going to get a 15-yard penalty for unsportsmanlike con- conduct or, un- or uh, unnecessary roughness than they are the team going to score finally.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, that, that's true. but you make, you make a good point, Oscar, because uh, last week the Patriots played in Mexico, um, and there was a penalty against the Raiders player Crabtree that's for shoving right. one of the Patriots players. And, whoa, whoa, look, look again. Here we go this weekend. Crabtree gets ejected after a massive brawl. That was ugly. Lead to lead. That was... One of the ugliest fights I think I've ever seen in football. And they were saying this is the worst suspension for an on field altercation in the history of the NFL. Uh that, Aqib should be. that tlaib, was awful. Yeah, he tlaib has got two games. Crabtree's got one game. And um I don't there's no way these guys are not gonna be able to peel those dude goodells. No, no, no. They should They're take them sticks. and
2: shut the goddamn mouths that it wasn't worse. <laughs>
0: yeah that that was bad. and Crabtree's always been that guy that he's he's right there with all those you know those guys. okay. We're at seven thirty. Uh, we've got a a new thing that we're unveiling. We've been talking about it the last few weeks, but we haven't been able to get it done. It's called the Apology podium. Now I gotta give props to Boston comedian Bill Burr. Uh, who came up with this whole thing about the apology podium during a, a stand-up routine years ago in Philadelphia. Apology podium is when somebody says something stupid or wrong that's in the public eye, and then they have to wheel out the, this podium to give their public apology. Now, over the last few weeks, we've had this thing, we get this conversation coming up between with with us about Harvey Weinstein and stuff, but before we get into this, I'm going to touch base on, real quick, we're going to touch base on the political stuff. This time. But this is the new skit that we're going to do. We're going to kick that off at about. About five minutes, but we're gonna. I want to get into this talk about uh, this political talk about Trump real quick because Trump has done it again. He's he invited oh, the Navajo Indians out. It's you know it's a good time to recognize the Navajo Indians for what they did uh, for America during uh, during the war and and their and their and, and he just goes and you know he I I don't understand the guy. You 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 do you try to do something nice and then you just shoot it down. By doing something as stupid as mentioning Elizabeth Warren and calling her Pocahontas, not only did you use a racial slur with oh, I, I, I I can't I, I just gotta let you guys get into I' just stuff because I squared you get bugged by this stuff you when you came on this show, you know we brought you on just for this reason you said it's the things he says that bother you and the, I know this had to this had to kill you.
1: Oh yeah, I mean it was just absolutely ridiculous because, you know, he did it incessantly a long time ago and you know, it's it's not an issue. The people of Massachusetts were well aware of the Harvard application where, you know, she filled it out and that led to the whole thing about is she, you know, some, you know, minor piece Native American and and you know, what does that mean? Well, you know what? That was all vetted in the election. The people of Massachusetts saw it. The people of Massachusetts voted for her. Uh, it's, it's you know, it's not an issue. People will remember it, you know, whatever, but it's it's not a continuing issue. And it has nothing to do with her performance in the Senate at this point. And, you know, Donald Trump, he just incessantly does this, and he does it with other people as well. It's just he can't, he can't help himself. I mean, he's the traditional playground bully, except instead of being seven, eight years old, he's 70 years old. Uh, but he just can't get himself out of this thing. And, you know it was ridiculous because here you have the you know members of the greatest generation this was just this, this isn't just being stupid in in a public setting kind of thing this was an opportunity to do something really special i mean these you know first of all the greatest generation of the world war 2 generation is something special and always will be no matter what but then on top of it you have the navajo code talkers who were instrumental in how we were able to win the war because the japanese never Ever were able to break the code, and the code was simply the Navajo language. And so you had Navajo uh, members of, of the military uh, speaking to each other over the radio in their native language. The Japanese had no idea what was going on, and you had people who were dedicated to simply be their bodyguards and make sure that they were able to speak freely uh, and communicate because nobody else knew their language either. It was a brilliant thing. It was a special thing. It was critical to winning Iwo Jima and other amazing battles in the Pacific. Uh, and we're, we're, you know, we're losing this generation rapidly. There are very, very few left. Uh, and so here's this, you know, amazing moment. And the White House totally screwed it up by where they staged it and the president ad-libbing. With you know, he says, oh, you know, we have this other member uh, who's been long-serving. Uh, they call her Pocahontas. No, they don't. Donald Trump does, and he's the only one who does. Nobody thinks it's funny. The Republicans don't think it's funny. I guarantee when she runs for re-election, uh, her opponent is not going to use that name for her. It may come up as an interrogative thing. Who knows? But he's not going to go around doing ads about Pocahontas. The whole thing is stupid. Ken,
2: I know you You too. You oh, mean. yeah. Well, you don't want to go – I want to go full diesel on all of you, okay? Go, uh, go. So for those – this is a fair warning. Let's talk about a couple of things. Number one – For those of you who have not applied for college in the last ten minutes, which is pretty much everyone in this room, you are allowed to claim a minority preference if you can establish through good faith that you're one-sixteenth of that minority. I know this because a friend of mine, when I went to college with, named Ken Stern. He was one-sixteenth, some Indian tribe from Ohio. I don't know the name of him. He was about as white as I am. Okay, and he was also Jewish. That's what we used to joke—that he was a member of two tribes. Okay, Elizabeth Warren did qualify under the one sixteenth rule. Now, whether that rule should be changed or not—that's another story. But she qualified. Number two, well, let me explain to you what these men—and they are all men—did during World War II. During World War II, the Japanese, uh, the joke wasn't specific. A, a, sol- a soldier, sailor, marine, or air ma- airman couldn't fart without the Japanese knowing about it. They literally had that whole islands wired and because Japanese spent a lot of time in America, they spoke English very fluently. so a, a, a Navajo soldier who's the Marine Corps came up with the idea of using their language For the main reason is the Navajo language up until that point had never been reduced to writing. There were no textbooks. The only people who knew the language were the people who learned it from their parents. And the language would evolve over time. So, actually, it was a constantly evolving language. It was virtually bulletproof. Not only that, they then created a code on top of that. Like, for example, a particular tank, a Japanese tank, was known as a turtle. Japanese aircraft were known as certain types of birds. So, you had basically a double level of uh, code here. One, you had the actual Language itself, so if you found someone who could understand it, you still wouldn't understand what they were saying because they were talking about four birds over the less past, like like that. So it's it never been broken. It's the only code, by the way, in the history of, moder- uh, history of warfare that's never been broken. Think about that. <clears throat> Every other code in the history of mankind has been broken except for this one. And the men, as you saw, there's an excellent uh movie starring Kevin Costner a couple years ago about about not only Navajo code talkers but about the Marines who were sent as their bodyguards Mm -hmm. and these guys was a death sentence because you know the Japanese very quickly figured out who these code talkers were they could say they looked different and they tried to knock off their bodyguards to capture the code talkers to torture them to give up the code they never did they never not one of them cracked that's an incredible sacrifice these men made and for him to come in and first of all, go off the script and talk about a political rival mm-hmm. using a racial slur from a different tribe. And oh, by the way, Pocahontas herself was kidnapped as a 15-year-old, raped as a 16-year-old, sold into marriage bondage, and then died at 21. Okay? She died at 21. She knew Roy Moore. Uh, yeah, I know oh, oh, oh ouch. honey, <laughs> so, <I mean>, Ouch. <laughs> Let me quote, yeah, that was, that was good, yeah. R-squared oh, brought his A game today. Woo! Man, okay. Now you lost, now lost my goddamn train of thought. Thank you very much. Yeah, that,
0: that that's one the derail you right there.
2: All right, but getting back to the point, I mean, for him to go off topic, talking about another tribe, by the way, about a girl who was raped and then compared to a political rival. Wow, and here's the best part of it. They were in a room with a portrait of Andrew Jackson.
1: Yep. That's what I said about staging it.
2: Right, exactly. Who was probably, you know, one of the uh, one of our many unfortunate presidents who was in charge of an Indian uh, native American genocide. I mean, is there anyone at the White House who's in charge of optics? Seriously, they need a special Assistant, the president in charge of optics, who goes in and says, "Maybe this ain't the best place, or maybe we cover the painting, or put a palm tree in front of it, or his golf bag." So I just, you know, couldn't believe it. I just like, you know, every time this man opens his mouth, I ask myself, "I think the man's hit rock bottom, and then he breaks out of trouble and starts to dig."
0: <laughs> I know. I just, just when you thought Thanksgiving could could be Trump-free. It isn't. and it's funny you mentioned golf bag because I just put the golf tracker up because the other day, golf tracker updated the stats because Trump went golf again. Yep. We're into the first year of his presidency, and he's now golfed three times more than Obama. How does that feel, all you Trump people out there who were saying, well, Obama did this much golfing, and Trump has fake already tripled that That's in one news. year?
2: You're listening to the, to the lamestream media who will make up all these stories. That's fake news.
0: Oh, and now, and now, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, over Thanksgiving weekend, Trump comes out and he says that the infamous grabber by the is is fake. How do you come out and say it's fake when you were eight months ago, a year ago, you were defending yourself from the comments and saying it was locker room talk? I'm sh- I'm like, wait a minute, is this guy really this incompetent? You're going to call the tape fake? A year ago, you were saying that you said it, but it was just locker room talk? What does that not make any sense, guys? What
2: makes well, perfect apparently... sense? Oh, Go ahead, Ken. I'll let you go first this time. No, no, no. I interrupted R Squared. That was on. R-squared. Okay, go ahead, R. Go ahead, R.
1: Oh, no, no. I was just going to say, you know, it actually makes kind of sense because he was probably brought into the locker room with a concussion from which he's never <laughs> recovered.
2: Man, our Squared's full of them tonight. Go ahead, Ken. <laughs> You're they, did the, they didn't do the concussion protocol? Is that what you're saying? So it's the NFL's fault.
1: Well, no. I mean when, you know, when he played, they probably didn't wear helmets.
2: Um, well, no. This is one of those situations like O.J. Simpson. I didn't do it, but if I did do it, this is what I would have said. So I think it's more of, no, I never said it. But if I said it, it was justified.
1: Yeah, I mean the whole thing is ridiculous. He clearly said it. He went. They just played it on the TV. You know, the last couple of days since this came out, and they talked about. You know, it took him a while to respond to it, and then he says, "Hey, listen. You know, everybody who knows me, you know, knows that that's not really what." Blah blah blah. He went into great detail to apologize for saying it. Uh, There's no way he can disavow it now. He clearly admitted to it. He put it in context. I mean, I'm not saying he believed his denial, but. If you listen to the denial, he went into such detail about it. He clearly admitted saying it. So you can't a year later now say, "Oh, by the way, the whole thing was fake." There's just, <laughs> there's just no, you know, there's not a thing. Even 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 a Trump supporter is not going to believe that.
2: And there, but here's the scary thing:
1: there they are do. some out yeah. there
2: that do still support him and yeah. say it's fake. Excuse it's me, like, excuse me. R squared? No, I'm going to call you on the carpet. There are people in Alabama who are convinced. Oh, I know that Roy Moore didn't sexually molest that fourteen-year-old.
1: Oh, I know. I was speaking in you know in extremes, but yeah, unfortunately, there's people. You know, this is this is the thing about tribalism. We've had great tribalism conversations on the show before, and that's just what it is. You know, it used to be that our politics were tribal, but we would come together in times of national crisis. We would come together, you know, and be able to put it aside. Now it's not just that we have tribal politics; our morality apparently is tribal, and I don't think I fall into that category. Neither do you, gentlemen, and I hope our listeners don't. But there's a growing percentage of the population, the the people you just mentioned who refuse to accept these truths, uh, and now, so now our morality is tribal. That as long as the person is our son of a bitch, it's okay if they keep doing what they're doing because at least they vote the way we want them to. And that's a gross departure from where we were just a few years ago. Uh, our politics was bad enough, and now now our morality is is really seriously being called into question. Yeah. It's an awful state of affairs, and this is where we need to draw a line, people. As a country, we we cannot let this continue. This it's one thing to fight about politics, but we you know, like Pat Moynihan said, you can have your own opinion, but you can't have your own. Facts, facts are facts. Truth is truth, and uh, you know, if you look over history, only the most evil of people try to change truth and facts. You know, stick well, to the opinion. Well,
2: no, who is it? Who is it that uh, was it? Uh, what one of Trump, the Trumpets, said the president was was entitled to his own facts.
1: Well, that's a Kellyanne Conway thing, right. and of course, yeah. she's a disgrace. So, yeah.
2: But I mean, that's. I think this has gone beyond tribalism. I think we're into cultism now. Yeah. I mean, in the old days, what tribalism is. You can't criticize him, but we'll take him out. You know. Mm. Nowadays, I don't know if anybody
1: watches it, the you know American Horror Story. I've never watched it before, but this past season that just ended was called American Horror Story, and this season was called Cult, and it was about uh, sort of a Trump-like personality. Right. It was a, a low-level person who got caught up in the Trump campaign, who tried to. You know, I don't, I don't want to ruin it for anybody who's watching it. It's yeah. uh, it was. I hadn't watched any of the previous seasons, so I don't know how it compares, but it was a really interesting, uh, as well as I think an interesting show. It's sickening, but interesting. Uh, but it, to the extent that there's social commentary going on, it was fascinating.
0: Yeah. Wow. Good stuff. We're, we're flying along here, and I got to make sure we have time for our picks, but I got two things that I got to get on, and that's our the unveiling of our new segment, the Apology Podium. Oh, yeah, let's and, do it. And then I want to get into uh, the question I have for Ken. Uh, about Weinstein, but real quick, Ken. You know, you talked about the. I got to talk to you real quick. Uh, the comments about Pocahontas. When does somebody turn around and finally say, because the White House, yes, government, yes, it's political, but again, it's still the workplace. When does somebody finally go to the HR of the White House and say, "Hey, I'm tired of the way Trump treats people and belittles people and talks to them," and files a
2: lawsuit and says, "Hey, you're in violation of of of, of employee rights." Unfortunately. The White House and Congress have exempted themselves for all of those statutes. Get out of here. Really? How is
0: that? Why is that? Hold on. Explain that real quick. I got to – if we run a little over tonight, I apologize, people. I got to hear this. Go ahead, guys.
2: Every single workplace legislation both the White House and the Congress have exempted themselves from. How is that? They just do it. And the courts have said that's within their purview.
1: Yeah, they do it with ethics. They do it with a lot of things. Right. People would be surprised to know how much has been exempted from their right. taxes to their health care to almost just about everything. And, right. you know, when it comes to the president, the thought process was if you have a president that truly crosses a line, Congress will unite and, right. do impeachment. and impeach him. Uh, and whether it's a removal from office or just a, uh, you know, just a reprimand or whatever else in between, the thought processes that could be done. Again, the tribalism has gotten so bad that I don't know. That there's anything President Trump can do where the Republican majority would even consider it, so we're we're at another you know shameful low in our history.
0: Oh my God, I never, I never, I, in all my times of politics, I never knew that. I thought that the White House employees would nope. fall under nope. that same that, those same I remember, diamonds.
2: I remember when yeah. I was working for Senator Pat Leahy of Vermont back in '88.
1: Uh huh.
2: Um, he had introduced legislation to strip the protections. From that, and he couldn't even get a hearing on this bill. So, okay, so how hypocritical is this? I worked
0: at the That was a state and federal subsidy place. A lot of our policies for the employees came from the federal level. So how do you write and instill federal-level policies for businesses that run under the federal, but yet your top business, the White House,
2: doesn't have to fall under those policies? That, that is what a, a – honestly – a number of businesses and advocacy groups have been arguing about that since before any of us were born.
1: It's called hypocrisy.
2: It is. That's crazy. That's
0: – like I'm sitting there, I'm like, I'm like, holy Christ, I almost dropped the S-bomb, but that just
2: blows Give me Give me an head. example. I worked as a staffer on Capitol Hill. When I was uh-huh. laid off, I went down to collect unemployment. Yep. And I was told that I didn't qualify because I worked for Congress and they've exempted themselves from the unemployment regulations, and they never paid—they never paid into the unemployment insurance fund, so I couldn't collect. Holy Christ! Oh, wow, that's—that
0: just blew me away. And yeah, we people—I just want to let you know—we're running over tonight. We're going to probably run over about fifteen minutes or so tonight because. I had to ask that question, and I was not expecting that answer, and that's, again, that's why I love this show. That's why I I am blessed to have the people that I have with me, uh, R Squid and, and and Kent Diesel, you know, a JAG officer and a defense attorney, and, you know, sometimes you can ask questions and never expect what you're going to get for an answer, and I was not expecting – because I sat here, and I'm like, why does this guy, every year, every week, he says these things about people in the White House, and why does no one – Say, oh, I'm going to HR, and I'm gonna just, I'm done with this. And you, I wondered, 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 and now, I'm like, man, maybe this is why nobody's ever held accountable up at that level of Washington. Why everybody gets away with? And and this is a good lead into why we have people like Senator Al Franken who had to drag out the apology podium this week. And uh, oh, it's just crazy stuff. So here's here's what they do. I have a little intro set up here, and then we're gonna hear the soundbite of Al Franken. And let me get this over here for you guys, and let's cue this up, and let's go. Hi, everybody. Uh, I just want to say a few words before I I get back to work. Uh, I know that I've let a lot of people down Uh, people of Minnesota, my colleagues, uh, my staff, my supporters, and everyone who has uh, counted on me to be a champion for women. To all of you, I just want to again say I am sorry. I know there are no magic words that I can say uh, to regain your trust, and I know that's going to take time. I'm ready to start that process, and it starts with going back to work today. So um, now I'm going to take a, a, a few questions. All right, so a few questions there. At the apology podium we have this week, it's Senator Al Franken from Minnesota. Now, before Al Franken, we had Kevin Spacey had to wheel it out. We had Louis, comedian Louis C.K. had to wheel it out. Um Harvey Weinstein, and we're going to get into that during this discussion. He had to wheel it out, um, and people's careers are falling apart now. Uh, Louis C.K. lost a sitcom. He lost all types of shows. Um Kevin Spacey, who was on the show House of Cards from the show, and the show is now, the production has been held up because they have to figure out which way that show is going to go now that they've lost the character. Um, there was a major movie that was due out this December with Kevin Spacey. They're actually cutting Kevin Spacey from the entire movie and recapping it with another actor. And again, here we go. Senator Al Franken, five women came forward, but the reason why he had to drag out this apology podium was because Senator Al Franken years ago, who's a funny guy, was we and it, here's the funny thing. I feel like guys, I feel like we jinxed Al Franken. We we were praising Al Franken about a month ago about the fact that he's a political guy. He came from SNL and he did all this good stuff and he was this great senator and how strong he was. But here he is. He's caught, you know, in a photograph mocking, grabbing the chest of a female military personnel who had fall, fallen asleep in a in the in helicopter or, or transport and no, she
1: she was a fellow uh personality. She wasn't the military.
0: Oh, no, she was a reporter. Oh, yeah. okay. I thought she was in the military. No, no, she, was she wasn't. Now, in the military. At
1: the time she was a celebrity on the USO tour with them.
0: Oh, that's why she had Okay, see I saw the picture. I didn't know the background of her. I just seen her except as a She was on the view uh this past week and she actually took us. A written apology from him and read it on air and she accepted and exonerated him of what he, his actions so so she was not in the military she was on the tour with him she was a fellow comedian
1: not a comedian but a part of the celebrity tour where she was posing and being in skits and doing other things on stage
0: wow now here's the tough thing i feel kind of bad about senator al franken because i have seen how some of these shows these skit shows are behind the scenes uh Tosh, tosh Tosh.0 on uh, Comedian Comedy Central, he's on. A lot of these writers and things that go on behind the scenes between these, these comedians and actors and actresses, it does border the line of sexual harassment and things like this. And sometimes I do wonder if these, you know, sometimes you make bad decisions, and sometimes these things come back in the past. So I got to ask you guys, it's, it's, it's tough to see Senator Al Franklin have to go through this And there's other women who've come forward But how true is a lot of these These things that have now hit, I mean we, we, there's a whirlwind of these uh, Allegations now Kevin Costner now has allegations Against him um, regarding this. And again this A lot of the stuff that's coming out and We're going to get into the Weinstein thing A lot of this stuff isn't a big surprise to anybody We all knew that Hollywood was corrupt We all knew that People did things to get where they are, but again, are there people using these things that they might have agreed to or might have might have laughed about, and they're now turning this into their own public, let's say, getting their name out there? Uh, I'll start with you, Squid.
1: Well, you know, look, unfortunately, when you're talking about uh, a big issue like this, there were certainly going to be people out there that are less than – you know, less than genuine here in, in some of the things that happen. And so the, the point is we have to take the issue very seriously. When somebody comes forward, we have to treat it properly. Uh, and there will unfortunately be some cases where through proper vetting, you find out that maybe it's not what, what it's claimed to be. But I think the issue is so important. We have to start off accepting everything at face value and, and treating it seriously and taking a hard look at things uh, before we ever try to dismiss it. I think the biggest challenge And I saw this in the military, too, is, you know, because it's such an important issue, uh, we're trying to figure out how to prevent it, how to teach people to, you know, to recognize it on both sides uh, and, of course, how to punish it better as well. Uh, And so, you know, it's not making the effort and caring about it is is the first step, but it's far more complicated than that uh, to figure out how to do things effectively. And so one of the missteps, in my opinion, is When you take these definitions and you make the definitions bigger and bigger and bigger, you now conflate things that I think uh, ought to be treated as different or subsets as opposed to everything under the same umbrella of sexual assault. And Al Franken, I think, is a good example of that. I don't condone uh, some of the things he's doing for sure, but I think there's a big difference between sexual assault where you rape somebody – Uh, Sexual assault where you are touching their body above or below their clothing uh, and physically harming somebody versus uh, somebody that stupidly – and it's still wrong, but stupidly makes an off-color comment maybe one time or something like that. I think we have to deal with those things uh, in an appropriate way, but I don't think that we should put them all under the same overall category. And so what you have is – you know, and some of the politicians now, the, the right-wing politicians, Fox News and others, are having a field day with this because they're showing pictures where you have people like Harvey Weinstein, who is accused of actual rape as well as all kinds of things. I mean it's a, it's a truly heinous case, even if half of it's true. Uh, but you're putting his picture up there along with Al Franken's picture, and Al Franken did none of the things that Harvey Weinstein is you know accused of doing for the most part. The worst thing was that you know reporter Miss Tweeden, you know where there are pictures of it, and he apologized for it. He didn't try to deny it. Uh, it was before he was a senator. It was on a USO tour. And, you know, those USO tours are notorious for inappropriate behavior. The skits alone on stage are raunchy. And, you, you know, I mean, if you just look at the environment, I'm not necessarily excusing what he did, but you have to look at it in the context mm-hmm. of how it happened. And he had nothing to do with political time. He was an SNL comedian, uh, you know, who did something in that context. Uh, and the other accusations that I think have come forward is, and I don't accept his response to the I think he needs to do a better job but it's apparently you know he's he's taking pictures with people he's hugging people and he's you know his hands are going to the wrong spot uh you got to know better than that I don't think that you could just say you know his his thing is I'm a very warm person I like to hug well that's fine but even if you're supposed to hug somebody your hands are supposed to be at an appropriate place not on a butt so you know that you got to be careful about things like that so I think he needs to do a slightly better job of it but at the same time those types of things that he did uh, are far different than people who have been uh, harmed in a really significant way where you, you know, you're physically and emotionally scarred for life, quite frankly, from the physical harm that you suffered. So I, I think we really need to be careful uh, when we talk about these things, and we need to address all of them. We need to have a zero-tolerance policy for this type of stuff, but I think we need to clearly define it. We need to look at it uh, appropriately, and we need to look at the, the range of actions that are necessary in each individual case.
0: And Ken being a defense attorney, R Squared made a good point. Um, if you were defending a guy like Al Franken, but they were lumping him in the classification of the same guy as Harvey Weinstein, you would be pissed, right? If you were, if that. Absolutely, was your point.
2: and R Squared makes an excellent point. Uh, if I may, we had another guest, another uh, former military officer, Lieutenant Colonel John Dix, who once came on and said, very famously, that R Squared may be familiar with this: that in the military, for every action, there's an. Uh, opposite, unequal, overreaction.
1: Yes, very much so.
2: And that's what we're having right now. We're having the unequal, uh, uh, opposite, overreaction. There's a big difference between that, what what um, Senator Franken did, which was unexcusable, and sexual assault of a child under 16, okay? There is a reason why we have books that define different crimes with different penalties. You don't get life- in the penitentiary without possibly parole for possessing a gram of cocaine. You do get it for aggravated rape and murder of a person over 60. Now, both of them are violations of the law, but one is more severe than the other. Okay? And I think we need to look at the difference between uh, Weinstein, Spacey, Moore, and Franken. These are totally different things.
0: And we we, we also have a – we have, a, we have a reporter, a major, Charlie Rose, right?
2: Right. And Charlie now, Rose. Sure. Say, yeah. Exactly. Again, and each case should be treated differently. The problem is most people don't want to do that. This is going back to our squirt's point before about tribalism. We don't care what he did. We care that he did something that we can nail him for, and we don't care. All right? And it's also important to remember that the, that the person he supposedly offended also accepted his apology. Okay, and he took responsibility, albeit
0: late. Do we do we now when when the person that 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 was affected by this, when that person comes out tweeting and she says, you know, I accept his apology and I, and I can go, we can move forward. Should people let it go or should people keep continuing to hammer it on, Al Franken? If I the think, two parties are in agreement that okay, let's move on, let bygones be bygones.
2: I think what we need to do is accept that she wants to move on and let's figure out what we're doing wrong and how we can fix it but this is nothing new I mean for God's sakes all of us remember Anita Hill and Clarence Thomas that's when
0: it all started
2: we started well before then but the difference is today <coughs> with social media we're hearing about it more often the problem hasn't changed the problem is nothing about po- nothing about sex it's all about power dynamics mm-hmm. okay so that issue has not gone away. So don't tell me this is all about sex. No, it has nothing to do with sex. It's like rape. It's all about power. Mm-hmm. And anytime you put people in a, in a powerful position with unlimited authority and absolutely no chance of retribution, they're going to abuse it. End of story.
0: And can you let people know that it does go both ways? We're now seeing you know, – we've seen women of power hold men
2: yeah I mean, there's, to, to there's, sexual there's, there's,
0: situations to, for, for advancement. Right. You know, exactly. So it's crazy stuff. So so let's get into this. Before we get into our NFL picks and close the show, let's get into this. I've been wanting to ask you this, Ken, for the long, for the longest time, the last few weeks, and w- since we're on this topic of power and sexual harassment. You know, Harvey Weinstein over there in Hollywood, he was one of the biggest Hollywood guys out there. You know, who, he got a lot of people started, their careers going. But we're hearing a lot of reasons why is because a lot of people – were forced into performing sexual favors or doing these things for Harvey Weinstein now I'm hearing that Harvey Weinstein may have been the guy that ran like a like a like a like a sexual ring over there when when they're having the Cannes celebration over overseas we're hearing that there was this this is going on This is new news that came out this week And, and if this is all true stuff then Granted, Harvey Weinstein may be one of the biggest monsters To come out of Hollywood um, And the scary thing is And the question I have for you, Ken Is if you're a struggling actor Or actress And you would try it out Thinking or assuming And here's my thing I've been a fan of Hollywood for a long time And I've always felt that the playing field Is not level when you're going for an acting job. I've always felt that way. That's my that's my opinion until somebody says otherwise. But if you are a struggling actor and actress, let's say for example, and I can't say it's true, I can't say I know it, but I'm just using this as an example, so I don't want to get sued. But let's just say that someone said that a certain actress may have slept with a certain producer to get a role in Transformers and this person missed out because this person put out for Transformers. And and that's why that person got that role. Now, we, I know the real reason why the person got the role, but just say, could you, as an actress or an actor, if you could prove that it was an unfair landscape for the job, could you sue and project what your earnings could have been if you were to get that role and sue the movie company and the director and maybe even the actress themselves?
2: No. Can, okay. No. Why? Because... There's, that may be true. She may have gotten it because she's up with the director. But there's no evidence that you would have gotten it but for that.
0: You couldn't argue that in the court of nope. law. You couldn't have other actors and actresses who were also involved in that for that role. It, what if you got all the actresses together for that role and then you did like a like a class right. act?
2: Prove to me that. there's no way in hell anybody else would have gotten that that, 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 that that. Prove to me that any of those people would have gotten that role but for well then then you had the whole problem. I that, say, Wait a minute, you individually wouldn't have got the role anyway, to have gone to so and so. So
0: you're saying that's there's that would be the simple answer to keep people from filing lawsuits for all of these jobs that they may have missed out on because yes. some decided there is no to no guarantee
1: happened. in Hollywood that they would have got, got, gotten the job. Yeah, Ken is exactly right. The the one thing that could happen, and this would take an awful lot of fact finding, and I think it would be next to impossible. But the one way to do that would be if you have a particular producer, like a Weinstein, uh, and you could somehow mm-hmm. investigate to find that there is a provable systemic pattern mm-hmm. of you know a, of abusing of a position where right. people are forced into sexual favors or something uh, to get roles, and other people who. You know, proven careers where they've gotten other roles and could show that you know that there's more of a of a credible argument to make that they would have been up for some roles but didn't get it to lesser stars who maybe you know did some things. It would be a very hard case to make, very hard. The only way you could prove it would
2: be if someone was granted the role, or was told that they, or their agent was told that they were getting the role, but were just doing some final stuff, and then someone made a pass at them, and then they lost it. Then maybe you say and even
0: then, that and even then, that's still hard, right? Incredibly hard. So this is so this plays into one of these reasons why yeah. a lot of right. guys like these Weinstein's. They know that even though. It's wrong and it's power that realistically they really don't have to be held accountable now here's my thing that bugs me is is the people who come forward 20 10 15 years after the fact who who does that who does that help it doesn't help Hollywood it doesn't help
2: anything other than you put it out there yeah you,
0: well you, you've got your name in the media now I There's understand
2: that happening. but you don't want to ruin your career because I'll give you an example yeah. we had a I'll never forget. When I worked for United Jersey Bank, Mm -hmm. we had a vice president who was sexually harassing all of his employees. Okay. Okay? Eventually, one of the reasons I was assigned to him is because I was a guy. They figured he wouldn't sexually harass me because I'm a guy. Mm -hmm. Okay? And I was actually given the job. Now, we had one woman who actually made a complaint. She had it with him and made a complaint to HR. Mm -hmm. And HR um, substantiated the claim. No one would work with her ever again in the UJB. She was frozen out mm-hmm. because every every because all the executives were male. And I remember having a conversation with one of the guys who I respected, who did not sexually harass anyone. And I said, I went to him. I said, Tony, you know, why don't you take her? Put in your group. She's really good. I said, I don't want th- Ken. Real simple. She's a known complainer, and I don't want the risk that she'll make a complaint against me. Mm. That was it. She was basically. What happened was, she wasn't getting the assignments that she needed. She didn't make her numbers, and they let let her go because somebody said, hey, "You're not making your numbers."
0: Man, no one would work a... with her. Wow. Wow. We, oh, wow. Eight ten. <clears throat> We're at eight oh seven. We ran over. I I had to get that out. I've been wanting to ask that for a couple of weeks now because there's so many people coming forward. Um. You know, and I I had to wonder. You know, what what kind of legality is there? You know we got it. So again, another surprise. There's really no way to prove it. So there's no way that anybody could come forth and say that they didn't get that role. You know right. because because of that. So ah, tough, tough, tough. Now
2: Ken, you got your NFL picks up. I got them. You ready to go? Yeah, let's get it going, gentlemen. Got... Put yeah, your helmets on. Holy Christ. Strap them up tight because this is gonna be a rough week. this is week twelve. Week thirteen. Week thirteen. Week 13. Holy Christ. All oh, right, my you ready? Okay, R squared. I'm starting off with you. The Washington Indigenous Peoples at the Dallas Cowboys—literally, cowboys and Indians. Who are you going? Oh uh,
1: boy, uh, I'm going to have to say Dallas won't keep losing at home, and Washington is not looking good.
2: Okay, going, 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 go with the uh, Cowboys. Sinister one. Uh you know what? As much as I know, they
0: don't have Ezekiel Elliott. I gotta go with the Cowboys this weekend.
2: I gotta go with the Cowboys over the Redskins. You know, I thought the Dallas couldn't find more ways to lose, and they've been basically disappointing me and proving me wrong. Uh, Washington, God only knows what's going on with them. Uh, they spik- spiking the Gatorade. You know, they bring in you know Coke Field hookers. I don't know, but I still think the uh, the, the Washington team going to pull it an upset. I really do. I think Dallas is falling apart. Okay, 49ers at the Bears. I don't have a good one for this one. So, Sinister One, 49ers at the Bears. They're playing in Uh, Chicago. Bears got
0: their butts whooped this weekend, put three points up. The Eagles just laid waste to them. Um, I still feel they're going to be shell-shocked. They're going to be looking to bounce back, but i got to give it to San Fran. Okay, our square. Right direction.
1: Uh, I guess it's at home. I'll have to go with the Bears at home. I think they want to rebound from this bad loss they had.
2: There's no way the San Francisco 49ers are coming into Chicago to beat up the Bears. I don't care how bad the Bears are. San Francisco is that much worse. Go with the Bears. Okay, the Battle of the Disappointments. Denver Broncos at the Miami Dolphins the beginning of the season. Both oh, these teams Jesus. Were, were playoff bound, and I don't know what happened. Curse of Voodoo Princess stepped on a crack. I don't know. Worship the wrong uh, golden calf. R squared. What do you got? Horses versus fins.
1: Yeah, you know I I I I don't know the status of uh, Jay Cutler, so I'm going to assume that he's either not going to play or going to be playing at a worse level than normal. I think I'm going to have to pick Denver. If Cutler's in, I would go with Dolphins, but I think I'm going to have to go with Denver.
0: Sinister one. Well, Denver's got quarterback issues too. I believe Trevor Simeon may be back out in the field this week. It, it, for me, I, I don't know. It's a toss-up game. I'm just, I, you know what? I'm just going to take Denver in this game, and I really don't know who's going to win, to be honest.
2: Well, I don't know who's going to win either. And if I was, if they're playing in Vesco Field in Denver, I'd say Denver because of the climate. But they're playing on the road. Denver has found more ways to lose games they should have won. And I think ten teams in the world. Miami, they got their ass whooped by my, by New England. I think they're pissed. I think they're looking for payback. Go with Miami. All right. the 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 new team rally. Both of these teams are relatively new. The Houston Texans, which took over the Houston Oilers, who became the Tennessee Titans. Say that ten times fast. They are Houston Texans at Tennessee. R squared. Tennessee. Not even getting comment.
0: Sinister? Man, it it depends on which Houston Texans team shows up. This team has been on and off all season long. This is another game. This has to be the toughest week for picks because the the teams are just all over the place. I'm going to go with Tennessee this
2: week. All right. Um, Again, I have no idea. I'm flipping a coin and we're going with a tie. (laughs) Minnesota Vikings at the Atlanta Falcons. Is Atlanta showing anybody any love, R-squared?
1: You know, I'll tell you what, this is going to be a really good test for the Vikings down the stretch because uh, they've been winning pretty impressively, uh, but I don't know how much they've been tested. So now they're going to be on the road against a really good Atlanta team that's trying to rebound, maybe even fight their way into a wild-card spot. Uh, This might be a time for an upset. I'm going to go Atlanta.
2: Okay, since the one.
0: Minnesota. Uh, They've they've got a little bit of a quarterback situation there. Uh, Their quarterback is playing good ball. Teddy Bridgewater is still on the sidelines. I think Minnesota is going to come and take this Atlanta team out. This Atlanta team has a good record, but they've blown leads. They've given up some wins. I'm taking Minnesota.
2: You know, all the statistical analysis would point to Minnesota. Minnesota is playing consistent ball. They've been cleaning clocks, although not great teams. Uh, They've play good on the road, they play good at home. Atlanta has been a walking disaster area. I'm surprised the Red Cross hasn't shown up to hand out you know, cigarettes and donuts. That being said, that usually means look for the upset, go with Atlanta. New England at Buffalo. Do we even need to say anything, Mr. One? They benched their quarterback in
0: Buffalo. Uh, Buffalo is, is playing some good ball, but they've got some issues up there. New England's running on all cylinders right now. They know what is needed to be done in November. Again, I've said this before. The Patriots don't run the ball the first half of the season. Why? So they can keep their running backs healthy, and then Belichick unleashes a hungry running back core from November to December. Look for them to run the ball this weekend. I'm taking the Patriots all the way in Buffalo.
1: R-squared. Yeah, you know, Buffalo loves to play the Patriots. That's the definition of a a division rivalry game, but uh, picked up Kelvin uh, Benjamin, and he's, he's hurt. So I just don't think they have the weapons even at home, Patriots.
2: Well,
1: for those of you who missed it, the Patriots did
2: a sneak play on their first set of downs when they were deep on end and had to pick up 10 yards for a first down. Uh, shocked even me. Honestly, I think if the, the entire New England Patriots coaching staff and the entire first string, including Tom Brady, decided – to do a sick out for better wages from Bob Craft as a meteor struck uh, southern New England and there was a freak snowstorm, I still give it to New England. So now now, however, if there's a if the meteorite hits, you know, Buffalo, then maybe Buffalo. But that's it. Okay, Indianapolis Colts versus the Jacksonville Jaguars. R squared.
1: Jacksonville's looking really good. They're fighting to win that division and make a bit of a playoff run. I don't see them going for bowl, but hey, who knows who's going to come out of the AFC to fight the Patriots? Looks like the Patriots. Uh, and,
2: oh, I'm sorry. Yeah.
1: No, no, I was just going to say, and Indianapolis is just pitiful. So,
2: yeah, just the one.
0: Hey, hey, look, the Jacksonville defense is one of the top ranked defenses right now. They've, they've been at number one, number two, bouncing back and forth. I got to go, Jacksonville defense this weekend.
2: Right now, the the uh, the Brockton Junior Boxers could beat Indianapolis. Yeah, go with the Jaguars. Tampa Bay at Green Bay, the Battle of the Bays, are squared. What's Green going Bay,
1: on? Green Bay just looks terrible with uh, with their situation right now. I mean, you got to give Hundley at least credit for trying. He's showing up, but they just don't look like they can do anything. They had a really bad performance uh, this last game. So, as bad as Tampa Bay's been, I think maybe they go up there and pull the upset.
2: Oh, wow, going for an upset,
0: Sinister One! Wow, 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 wow! As much as I would want to say Tampa Bay is going to pull up that upset, I,
1: I everybody, your team, Sinister One. They were,
0: they were my pick to be the most improved team this year in the NFL, and it just didn't go that route. Tampa Bay's still the same, uh, and you know what? I, I got a Green Bay's got a lot of bleeding going on, uh, but I think
2: they're going to pull this game out. I got to go with Green Bay in this one. Look, Green Bay needs to put a tourniquet on the bleeding. They're bleeding for every every orifice. But here's the problem. It's November. It's Wisconsin. Tampa Bay is a warm-weather team that's at best playing 500 ball. You're going with Green Bay with the weather. If they were playing in Tampa Bay, i changed change my mind. But Tampa Bay ain't coming into Green Bay in November and beating anybody. All right. The disappointment of the week. Kansas City at the Jets. Really? Do we need to talk about that one? Sinister 1, you're up. Kansas City's dropped
0: some crucial games that that they're going to hurt them down the stretch as far as, you know, that home field advantage if they were to make the playoffs. But I got to see KC beating the Jets this week. The Jets are just,
1: R square. yeah, I've got to think that Kansas Mm. City is desperate. They're going to pull it together. They've got a good coach. They've got a decent team. I think they're going to go to New York and win.
2: No, the Jets could, it couldn't beat the Kansas City cheerleaders at this point. Go with KC. Detroit Lions at the Baltimore Ravens, my disappointment. This is for me. I picked Detroit Lions to be the team that you never heard of till they were banging down the door, and they have just just been disappointing me left and right, so I'm upset. So R-squared, show me yeah, some I don't love. Know. I don't know what's going on
1: with Detroit. I got to go Baltimore at home.
2: Sinister 1? Um.
0: Man, I think I'm going to go with Detroit. I, I'm feeling Detroit. Really? Matthew Stafford,
2: yeah. I am I love Detroit as well. I wish they'd win a game, but you don't go into Baltimore, not this late in the season, unless you got everything going with you. You're burning on all four cylinders, and they're not even burning on one. All right. The Cleveland Browns at the L.A. Chargers. Can this get any worse for Cleveland since the one? I'm going with L.A. Chargers.
1: Okay. <clears throat> R-squared? Yeah, you know, I went off my promise never to pick Cleveland again last week. I thought they'd finally get the one win of the season over Cincinnati, and Cincinnati decided they were going to wake up. So I guess I got to go Chargers. <sighs> if
2: if the Chargers decide to play without a quarterback, then maybe no Chargers. Carolina Panthers at the New Orleans Saints. R
1: squared. Yeah, you know, New Orleans. Wow, what a what a heartbreaker last week, and. Panthers, they're a little bit hot and cold. I think New Orleans at home has to get the edge.
2: Okay, two to one.
1: Oh,
0: man. I, I got to go with New Orleans just because Drew Brees is my quarterback in
2: fantasy. <laughs> I'm sorry, New Nor- Nor- <laughs> Nor- <laughs> All right, that's just pure
1: nepotism. Right
2: uh, I'm sorry. I, I All have- right, New Orleans, I love you guys dearly. But I'm sorry, you're not going to beat the Carolina Panthers this week. Look, they're look, on fire, and you're uh, you're covering right around the freezing point.
0: One game out of first place in my fantasy league, <laughs> I, I got <laughs> I got to go with New Orleans.
2: All right, L.A. Rams versus the Arizona Cardinals. Rams, Rams are playing some good ball. Right, okay, it's this is one you're going the yeah. Rams. Yeah. R squared.
1: Yeah, Rams. They're playing good ball. They're they're fighting for something this year.
2: Exactly, I agree. The Cardinals, they're looking for the exit and looking for it mighty quick. All right. The New York Giants versus the Oakland Raiders are square. Are the Giants going to continue to show show what a f- freaked-up team they are by benching their marquee quarterback and lose another game, or are they actually going to show some spunk?
1: No, the Raiders are going to win this game. Eli's done. Uh, I mean, he was definitely done this year anyway, so uh, I think they're... I mean, they need to draft a quarterback. I don't know why they're trying to debut these two backup guys that they have. Neither one of them, you know, Geno Smith or uh, Davis Webb, I don't think either one of them really uh, has a chance at being the starting quarterback. But I guess, hey, this is what you do at this point. Uh, you got to give them a shot, uh, see what you have when they go out and draft somebody who I really hope that – I said even before the season started this year, they have to draft Eli's replacement. So uh, I would have liked to see Eli get a little bit more grace in, in how he exited, but I think he's done. And uh, you heard it here on the booth. I believe Eli will be playing for the Jacksonville Jaguars next season.
2: <laughs> okay, all right. Someone get a hold of ja- Jacksonville. Yeah, the Raiders are going to take this one. The Giants, another team looking for the exit. Uh, Mercy kill time might be in order. The battle of the birds. The the red hot. Hold I cannot hold believe. On, hold I'm on, I didn't
0: get it. hold on. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I sorry.
1: I'm
2: sorry. <laughs> hold on, man. I'm sorry. I have- I jumped all over since they My apologies.
0: Yeah, look, 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 look. I don't know how many times we've seen Eli Manning being close to being traded or benched, and he's turned it around, and he's beaten the Patriots twice in two Super Bowls. Both those years he was on the verge of being benched. It's finally happened. Eli Manning has finally had a season where it caught up to him, and he's finally ended up on the bench. And, and this says a lot about this organization and where they are at right now. They've gotten it done with smoke and mirrors for a long time. Um, but like you said, you play this game with the cap, and the cap sometimes comes back to bite you. I would like to see Geno Smith step up into that position and, and, and put the Giants on his back and carry. But that team needs work from the front office, To the parking lot right now.
1: (laughs) Yes, they do. Yes, they
0: do. So, my feeling is, is even though the Raiders had a rough game with the with with Denver this past, I got to take the Raiders over the Giants this weekend and see the Giants with the number
2: one pick. Okay, the battle of the birds, Philadelphia Red Hot. I can't believe I'm saying this. The Red Hot Philadelphia Eagles. Versus the so-so Seattle Seahawks in Seattle. Since I since I forgot you the last time, sister one, I apologize. Lead the way, brother.
0: My son is going to tell. I I would. I wish I could have had my son on tonight to talk to us about why the Eagles are going to win this game against Seattle. Look, ten and one, they're beating everybody. I'm, I'm taking Philly. Until then, I'm taking Philly. So somebody R-square? can show me
1: otherwise. You know, it's funny. I wanted to pick Philly. To win out the season, and uh, I've definitely picked them to win the Super Bowl at this point. I mean, I did weeks ago, and I haven't changed my mind on that. But I wonder if this might be a little whip call for them. It's so hard to play in Seattle, even though Seattle's struggling. Uh, I'm really torn on this one. I just don't know. Uh, I guess I'll go Philly, but I, I, I don't, I just don't know. I don't
2: care. They bring the twelfth man, the thirteenth man, the fourteenth man, the fifteenth woman. The Eagles are ten and one. Best, best record in the NFL. They played in horrible conditions against great teams. Seattle is 7-4. They're not showing me anything special. No. I mean, there may be someone out there who can beat the Eagles in the rest of the season. I don't know who they are, but it's certainly not Seattle. Go with the Eagles. All right. The Monday night game. The Pittsburgh Steelers at the Cincinnati Bengals. R-squared.
1: What do we got here? I'll I'll tell you, you know, Cincinnati has really been a disappointment all season, and I realize they're different on the road than they are at home, but Pittsburgh is fighting for something. Uh, They want to win that division. They want to go far into the playoffs. I doubt that they'll be able to host the the Patriots, but they really want to give it a shot. I got to go Steelers. Sister one. Look,
0: the Steelers, they're in the AMC right now. The Steelers are slightly under the radar. People like us are watching what the Steelers are doing right now in the AFC. A lot of other people aren't watching what the Steelers are doing. They're quietly making a name for themselves. If you think that they're going to fall on a Monday night against this team, the Bungles, no, it's not happening. Ben Roethlisberger, even though he's unhappy down there in Pittsburgh, he's going to find a way to win this game on Monday night. I
2: got the Steelers. Look, the Steelers and the Bengals have never liked each other. They don't like they don't like each other now. Their fans don't like each other. Hell, I think this whole entire city of Pittsburgh doesn't like the entire city of Cincinnati, and they're sitting on top of the AFC North with 92. The Bengals are a sub 500 team. Pittsburgh is definitely aiming for. If not a first round buy, then definitely home field advantage against against somebody. Right now, it's New England. The Patriots have the exact same record. things. other things will of course come into play <clears throat> they almost almost got their you know what handed to them by green bay mike tom is not the kind of guy who's going to let anyone forget that so i think this is a marquee game where they got to prove something to themselves well, and to their fans and to everybody else yeah take well, and a bloody mess
0: <laughs> here's the other thing too to be honest if the NFL didn't have to show, if everybody didn't have to get a Monday night game, I'm pretty sure that this Monday night game would have been flexed right off a of TV. I, I I know the NFL is biting their lip right now at the fact that this is their their Monday night for for this week coming up. I, I think they would have rather have been able to flex this game and move somebody else to that Monday night's position. Um, but, again... They really haven't utilized the flex like they did when they first started. Have you guys seen
1: any They have been flexing the Sunday night game. That's the marquee game. Monday doesn't have the same luster that it used to have. Yeah, Basically. exactly. I Everybody mean, gets a turn on Monday now.
2: Right. Yeah. And also also remember when when Monday night football premiered, it was the only evening game. You didn't have the Sunday right. night game. You didn't have the Thursday night game. You had the talk football about the- on Sunday and Let's then talk about the- wait, hold on, before we move on.
0: Is is there anybody else who hates the Thursday night game?
1: Me, I hate it.
0: Does anyone like it? Why don't we start off with that? I I, I think the matchups are horrible. It's a mess for fantasy. Besides, I just feel like it's just, it's like a lumped in night. I I, I like it for, for being the season opener. I like that Thursday night to kick off your entire NFL season. But as far as Thursday night games throughout the NFL season, I hate it.
2: It's just horrible.
1: horrible. All it does is get players hurt. It's a ridiculous thing to have. Yeah.
2: Exactly, it gets players hurt. There's not particularly good games, and I, I'm sorry. Uh, I, they have the Sunday night games, which are great, uh, although I don't like them especially if they're playing on a far, uh, left uh, left coast, they, you know, I'm not getting to sleep till one o'clock in the morning. But well, realistically,
0: the- realistically, it's only three days of prep, because you figure if you play on Sunday and you have a Thursday night game, right. You play Sunday. Monday's a rest day. Tuesday and Wednesday. Well, actually, no. You're only looking at two days of prep, because Monday's a rest day. Right Tuesday into. is film day. Wednesday is walkthrough and run through. So realistically, you're coming in Thursday. Like like our said, you're at the risk of people getting hurt. It's it's and, horrible. Right?
2: Exactly. And I don't think it's ever happened, but it theoretically could happen that you could have you could have a team that played on Monday night and played on Thursday night. What about moving it to Friday or Saturday? Would you guys feel better with that? No, they can't move it to Friday or Saturday. Okay. Well, Saturday, first of all, is college football. Yeah, but we're into that. And more the more NCAA fun. would have a freaking conniption. And Friday night high school football night. Mm. Okay. So they couldn't do it. All right, cool. we got about
0: two minutes left. Let's get ready to close this out, guys. Uh, you were finishing up, Ken. You had
2: something you were talking about? No, that was it. I was just bemoaning Thursday night football.
0: Okay, yeah. I, I think it's disasters. It it bothers me, so. All right, we're getting ready to head out of here. Good show. We went a half hour over because we had a good conversation about Harvey Weinstein and the sexual harassment stuff. Uh, Real good show. I actually have to head out and pick somebody up at actually UPS. Oh, nope, I don't have to. Nope. Oh, the wife's telling me that I don't have to pick somebody up. Uh, I, my my daughter's boyfriend actually picked up a job at UPS. And, of course, you know what day he has to start at UPS? The Tuesday after Cyber Monday, I felt for him. <laughs> 12, he worked his first day of work. He worked a twelve-hour day. Imagine that. I don't have to. I've done it. But here's the thing: if you, if you, if you, if you, if you, if you can work the Tuesday after Cyber Monday, I would say your employment's pretty good. Hey,
2: I, I, I you know, I'm sorry. I've worked Black Friday. Okay, I have no sympathy for anyone. Yeah back so, when black friday meant something when there wasn't any cyber yeah mondays let's say the real stuff. Quick, before we sign off looks like black friday's hurting yeah, yeah. well they got all these cyber mondays and when ordering yeah. online and it's not the same thing cyber. i remember excuse me years yeah. ago before the electric light was invented okay mm-hmm. i worked for a, a department chain which i will not name as part of my non-disclosure agreement with them i worked in the premise park mall on black friday in 85 86 and 87 Mm-hmm. I can honestly say that I lost all faith in humanity on those days. Wait a minute! No, you did. Yes. Black Friday's been around that long? Black Friday has been around since the 30s.
0: Black Friday has been around since 1985. You, you, because I graduated in 1984
2: and I don't, I don't remember. Oh Black yeah, Black Friday. Friday was a huge thing. Oh, are you kidding me? Hey Ken, I
1: didn't know Gimples was still around.
2: <laughs> you...
1: Screw you.
0: Wow! Wow! I, 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 maybe it's because I lived in the projects. I don't know. <laughs> no, no, Black Friday. <laughs> maybe it's because we didn't celebrate Black Friday in the projects. I don't know.
2: Yeah. Well. No. No. Seriously, Black Friday, Black Friday in suburban New Jersey was hell. Wow. Oh, it was like you ever seen the movie Rollerball? Yes, I love the movie Rollerball. Okay. It's con do you remember the, the, the like the like the one of the last scenes where they say we're um, in, in order to make the game more exciting we're no longer going to penalize anybody for unnecessary roughness? Yes. That's what Black Friday was like. <clears throat> I saw a four year old a eight year old woman give a flying elbow to a twenty year old woman to get what was then you know a fifteen inch screen color TV. My so like there were four of them on sale for like ten bucks. My
0: earliest memory of Black Friday to me. Was when the Cabbage Patch dolls went on sale. That was my earliest memory.
2: Which be really? that was okay, so that was that was
0: Really? Okay. I do remember it. Okay. Yep. Cabbage Patch dolls. So that was so I do remember way back. So all right, cool. Uh, time to get out of here. We gotta get ready to get out of here, guys. We're winding down. We're coming up to the end of the year. Uh, we're gonna be winding up with our last show. Unfortunately, we're, we're gonna be jipping people this year because. Uh, the holidays fall on a Monday this year—New Year's Day and Christmas Day—so uh, we won't be on those Tuesdays. We, we usually take those two Tuesdays, those two Tuesdays off anyway, so we can spend time with the family. So realistically, we really only have, I believe, three shows left, uh, and okay. uh, then we'll be telling everybody Happy New Years. You know, and then uh, we'll be going from there. But so we can get out of here, let's let's. I'm gonna let our squid say his goodbyes first. Hey, and our squid's phone didn't c- conk out tonight.
1: We right, uh, I mean, see, Thanksgiving, my headphones worked. I sat still and nothing bad happened with them. So that's uh, maybe, maybe that's the trick, but no, you know, have a, have another good week. Thanks for listening and uh, don't accept mediocrity from your government or city hall when you in to stand for.
2: Well, big happy birthday to my my baby brother, who turns 49 today. Can't believe that. Uh, so happy birthday to him. Big shout out and thank you to all of our listeners, all 12 of them. <coughs> and uh, guys, gals, human beings, please remember when you're in you're in a retail store, the people waiting on you are human beings too. Show a little goddamn respect, courtesy, and kindness. Because I am getting sick and tired of you, if you people pissing them off, then I gotta listen to them complain. So they have, so I have to wait till they get, you know, answer my questions. So there you go. Be a little nicer. Good cheer. Happy holidays, to everyone.
0: I guess that would say Ken was out Black Friday shopping after that statement.
2: I <laughs> <Actually, laughs> I wasn't. No, no. Okay, no, I, I, I'm sorry. Now that you raise it, I wait until Tuesday. All right. To get an Xbox One. To get an Xbox One. Did you get one you know, to go my fix friend? my phone? Okay.
0: Oh, okay.
2: And there was this woman screaming at the person, of the Verizon store, about the price of the um, uh, I don't know what Verizon calls their iPad. Whatever well, they call it the the tablet. Yeah. Like this poor fifteen-year-old. She's probably twenty-three, but you know, kid was responsible for Verizon's pricing plan.
1: <laughs> well, if you want Black Friday, how about that classic movie? Was it uh, Schwarzenegger and Sinbad? Hey, oh, yeah. right. Jingle yes. The Way? Yeah, way. that one. Classic Black Friday movie.
0: There you go.
1: there
0: Pickle you the What never happens to that? Jesus Christ. Okay, cool. All right, we're getting ready to head out of here. Good stuff, and I have to make the announcement fish official. We will be having a Gift of Giving second annual luncheon. Um, This is going to take place on December 23rd, and it's going to be at the same church that we did it last year. Last year, we fed close to 200, maybe 300 Uh, Homeless people gave out coats, gave out toiletries. Um, We are looking to expand this to different areas of the United States on the same day. Um, We've spoken with some uh, music artists and some other podcasters who are interested in doing this with us. So this is going to really get bigger as the years go on. But ours will be held here in the Brockton area December 23rd. 1 p.m. to 4 p.m., we will be feeding the homeless, singing songs, providing toiletries and jackets, and maybe even comforters this year. Uh, Volunteers are really stepping up already to jump on board to help us out. Jacob Tagger has offered his services. Uh, Cheryl Iagata has stepped up to take over the coat drive. Um, and We're just blessed to have these people help us and be able to provide food for
1: You know, because everybody
0: feeds everybody on Thanksgiving, and then Christmas comes around and really thinks of everybody on Christmas. So we wanted to do something different, and what a way to announce it on Giving Tuesday. Today is hashtag Giving Tuesday, and that's how it started last year. We decided on Giving Tuesday that we were going to feed the homeless. It was my wife that came up with the idea. But that's the official announcement. Other than that, I don't think I should say anything else to take away from that, because that's a big thing for us. and. You know, we want to make sure everyone knows about it. So all I can say is is uh, do me a favor Spongebob and take me home. Well, see you next Tuesday.
1: Thanks for tuning into the booth at Hubazoo.com. Please make sure to tune in for more booth next Tuesday night at 7 p.m. New York Eastern Standard Time. Become a fan on their Facebook page and check out their podcast on iTunes and iHeartRadio. The booth is a Sinisto One production hosted by Sinisto One, Ken Diesel, and R-Squared. I've got to
0: start hanging out with friends that are a little more intelligent and understand politics and stuff. It's just that I'm up on this level up here, and all my friends are down here. Me, nah you guys, meh. Maybe a little more down, down here. Screw you guys, I'm going home. <laughs>
1: Who knows who?